Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. Today, we don't have a rising artist. We've got someone who's been there, done that, and they're doing it again. And we're excited to have her on. She's done, she's done some great things in the past, and I believe the best is yet to come with her. And when you hear some of her music, you'll know why. Um, but we're excited to talk a little bit about her story and also to talk about music and let's see where this goes. So, Heidi Newfield, you here? <laughs> I am here. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing good. Hi. Doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's a little overcast here in Nashville, Tennessee today, but it's still a pretty day. <laughs> kind of oh, like that here, too. Yeah, we're in yeah, Savannah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. pretty nice here today. Um, but next year we'll be moving into Nashville, so... <laughs> oh, are you? Well, that's wonderful to hear. That's wonderful. It's a it's a great town. It sure is. And although I have to tell you, I I I truly love your city that you're in now. I love the town of Savannah. Beautiful. Yeah, I've been here. I mean, I'm 49 now, and I'm I think my parents moved here when we were when I was 14. So whatever that adds up to, I guess about 35 years or so. And, you know, it's time for a change. And, you know, with the growth of this show and all that that we got going on, like, you know what? We just need to be in the middle of music. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. There's no place you could be more in the middle of it than right here in Nashville, Tennessee. That's for sure. <laughs> so I always like to start the same way. You know, we've got this big elephant in the room for this year. We've got a crazy year. So how has COVID <clears throat> affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? Well, you know, you're probably getting a very similar answer from a lot of your artists, um, you know, whether they're, um, you know, folks that have been doing this for a really long time like myself or whether they're newbies and they're starting out. Um, it it really has um, kind of squashed us, frankly, uh, our, mm-hmm. our line of work. Um, and we've had to all, you know, we've had to all kind of, stop for a moment, take a deep breath, and figure out how best we can stay connected to our audiences. For most of us, that has been live streaming, and um, and so I've been doing a lot of that. Um, we've turned our home studio into where we were, you know, recording yeah. music. We Now we're doing a large majority of, um, of live streaming, um, oh, wow. I have a regular Sunday night show that I do, and then I also have an every other Wednesday uh, show that um, I'm a harmonica player. So Honer Harmonicas uh, um, presents this show that I do um, every other Wednesday in the afternoon. And it's it's kind of just, you know, I think a lot of us out there, in fact, not everyone, but most of us out there are yeah. doing some sort of, of um, trying to be creative and keeping connected and even trying to bring new music, you know, to, to the fans during a yeah. time when, frankly, I think they need new music as much, as much now than ever. But, um, but if I'm, if I'm being honest, uh, you know, and, and really, really frank about this whole thing, it has been a, a very trying year for us in the music business. It's been uh, one where we've had to be, um, you know, stop and, and kind of, listen to God a little bit. I think he's been trying yeah. to kind of tell us some things and, and this has been a good opportunity for us to do some listening and catch up on the things that mean most to us. You know, um, yep. of course we've all been spending more time at home and cooking <laughs> and reading books and 
um, doing more family things and staying clo- in close contact with the people we love and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, reaching out to people. So there's been some, I suppose, some positive aspects of this yeah. in that, you know, it's kind of taught us what's important, and I hope that sticks. Um, and then there's also been this big learning curve um, with regards to us, you know, trying to, um, to to stay connected. And you know what, guys, I think that the interesting thing about this is what we're learning with, you know, what we've been forced to learn with technology, for everything from lighting to how to, you know, <laughs> make your own videos to, you name yeah. it, we've been, mm-hmm. we've been learning everything. So in a way, um, I, I hope that we'll take some of that knowledge with us into the future when, um, and, and inevitably it will happen. We just don't know exactly when it will be, but yeah. when we are able right. to open things back up and see people feel safe coming out in large numbers to shows, um, we will, I hope we'll take some of this, this learning, <laughs> this, this knowledge that we're, <laughs> we're getting, um, and we'll apply mm-hmm. it even then. Yep. That's like, yeah. you know, here in Savannah, um, we go to a church that, before COVID, runs about eight thousand people a weekend. Oh wow! So tonight's tonight's actually the first night that we're gathering again. Yes. Oh wow! All of you, are you doing like the full thing, or are you doing like a twenty five percent or fifty percent? Basically, or are what they're they saying, doing, bring it on. Well, they're just saying come, but they want to that every other row will be blocked off. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And, so and, to, and at least. Distance. Yeah, and at least two seats yeah. between each group. Well, that it. See, that's that sounds to me like a very respectful way and a, and a knowledgeable way to bring people together to you know to to um, you know to, to yeah. commune much yeah. less and and, mm-hmm. and we've all missed that and. Um, yeah. There's, you know, there's. I think this is a really, that's a very smart way to do it, rather than just everybody go. You know what? We're tired of this, and we're just gonna <laughs> all rush back together. I think it's a very respectful way. So good for good for your church. That's great. Well, well, thanks. And you know, and you're talking about how uh, this has been a learning year. <laughs> it's like for us, you know, <laughs> we launched this show um, in January of this year. And the oh. all, and, and and our goal was like eighty to one hundred interviews first. Year. We we thought you know if we did a hundred interviews first year, we would probably be ahead of most hosts their very first year. So we thought that would be a and great probably, number to do. And it's been this crazy. This has been a really busy year for you now. Oh God, yeah. Because when 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 COVID <laughs> happened, I told Sandy, I was like, you know, um, this may be our year to shine. It really um, yes, here here. And, you're you're and because of a that, great year to start your business. Exactly. And and we because did, of that, yeah. um I think you're like number two hundred and twenty seven interview now for the year. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations and hey, two twenty seven. I like that number. That works. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So That's before great. we really congratulations, your, y'all. Well, thank you so much. Oh, we definitely you. appreciate that coming from you. Um, so, um, before we really dig into a little bit of your story, tell us a little bit of hobbies you like to do outside of music. I'd like to start a little light before we really dig in. Oh, I love that. Well, I'll tell you, I am a ranch girl. I grew up um, in a small town in northern, uh, actually northern California, right up in the heart of the wine country, um, except we raised quarter horses and cattle instead of mm-hmm. grapevines. But, um mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but we um we support the business, so don't get me wrong. We do love our wine. But, um, but, <laughs> but, you know, it was a wonderful way to grow up, and it really instilled in me. I mean, I was a 4-H kid. I was in rodeo. I could ride a horse before I could walk on my own two feet. I was so immersed in that world. And, you know, it's it kind of um, a lot of people will ask, how did you get into country music? And for me, it was just like a, a kind of a natural um, I feel like one of those people that, that uh, I feel very lucky and blessed because I knew what I wanted to do from a very young age. And, um, and, and so I started out in, in that, you know, in that kind of ranching and farming type community and that, that sort of way of living kind of naturally lends itself to country music, you know, bluegrass, um, you know, even some gospel and, and, uh, but it, you know, the, the type of music that I was raised on, um, was kind of, you know, it was just a natural evolution for me and I had the desire to get into it. So I've always loved music, but, um, being the outdoorsman, you know, that mm-hmm. I am and, and kind of being raised mm-hmm. where I am, I love anything that's to do with the outdoors. I love camping. I love fishing. Um, I go deer hunting. I like, um, uh, you, you know, pretty much anything. I just really yeah. like to be in the middle of it. We hike a lot, um, like to do a lot of things outdoors, but, um, I love to cook. Um, I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of it to be honest with you. Cause I don't cook as much <laughs> as I've been cooking this year. So I'm ready to get back yeah, on that well. bus. <laughs> right. But, um, I but I do love it. I do love it. And so that's always a fun thing to do and kind of plan your dinners and, and so forth. Um, uh, you know, we've got a, a corgi pup, and we're thinking about getting another one. So we love animals. We love, you know, we are uh, very close to looking to purchase our uh, um, our what I, I'm, we both kind of consider our homestead. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot more land than we're on now, oh, wow. so that I can get back to having some cutting horses and a few, you know, feeder <laughs> steers, yeah. some of that. I want to, I want my chicken coop back, and, <laughs> and so forth. So <laughs> currently, we, you know, it's a lot of re. I love to read. I love musical doc. You know, I love documentaries and really any kind of documentary. Um, I'm mm-hmm. into. I don't know what what that's all about. Uh, my fiance Matt, he's all about wanting to watch a movie, and I'm going. Yeah, but let's learn about the drug cartel in Colombia right now. <laughs> so it's I'm kind of a weirdo that way, but um, stories of, matter. you know, it, it does, and I like to they hear do. the real deal. I like to, mm-hmm. to, no matter how dark or how sunny side mm-hmm. um, of a subject you're on, I like to hear the real story, that what really yeah. happened, and and uh, yeah. or how someone made it. I love to hear, mm-hmm. you know, especially people in our in our business, and I don't care if it's from opera to classical to country to to bluegrass to jazz, it doesn't matter. I'm really into. Um, I listen to a lot of different kind of music and. Uh, I don't, my lines are very blurred that way when it comes to what I listen to. And, and fortunately, Matt is too, my fiance. So we are mm-hmm. a very musical household. There's there's instruments oh, wow. hanging everywhere. And um, there's, you know, there's always something to pick up. And, and there's always, we're always writing something and uh, or starting something. And, and uh, you know, do you want to hop in on this? So it's a lot of music mixed up with all these other wow. things. <laughs> I, I love that. So what would you yeah. say is something quirky about you? Oh, quirky. Well, I don't know if this is quirky or just 
just, I don't bad, um, I don't know. My mom used to just get so furious with me growing up because, you know, coming from, as I mentioned, the ranching family, everybody got up with the chickens. You know, you got up early. Mm-hmm. And right. um, mm-hmm. I would always be the one that was just, she had to pour water on to get up in the morning, you know, to, because I just was not not a morning person. But now at nighttime, yeah. I'm like wide open. And so when she, when I learned, you know, when I when she knew that I was, was really, really reeled in by music, uh, mm-hmm. She said, "Boy, I, you know, we're wondering if you're, if you're, like, if you have the same DNA as the rest of us, because you're the only one that doesn't want to get up in the morning." So I would say <laughs> that might be something quirky about me. Is I, <laughs> I try. I can go to bed early. It does not matter. I still have a really hard time in the mornings. I just, I do it. I certainly do it, and I make myself do whatever respons- you know, whatever I've got to do. And I'm a hard worker. But yeah. uh, if I had my druthers. Nothing would start at, until after eleven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we understand that, you know. But with, yeah, a, eight, with an eight-year-old little boy and a eighteen-month-old little girl, it kind of oh, wow. you wake up when they yeah. get up, basically. Yes, that <laughs> puts the alarm clock pretty much. Yes, exactly. Right. That puts the kibosh on your time frame, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. So what was the age and moment? Because, uh, you know, a, a lot of artists, they, they all through their childhood, they knew they wanted to do music. But what was the moment when it clicked that this could actually be a career? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I don't know, guys, I am such a, I don't know, um, I wanted to do it on that kind of a level. I, I, my first trip from Northern mm-hmm. California to Nashville happened at 13 years old. Oh, and, wow. um, and my parents were, we didn't have a lot of money, a lot of extra money at all. In fact, I would call us horse rich and cash poor really most of the time. Um, we always had a lot of horses and, and, and land, but not much, you know, extra floating around to pay, you know, the other bills. So uh, <laughs> it was an interesting, di- interesting way to grow up. But, um, mm-hmm. I, again, mm-hmm. like I said, I wouldn't change a thing. I knew from yeah. the very beginning, like, this was what I wanted to do, and I took it very seriously, and I put kind of blinders on. And I I was, you know, I was learning to play piano. I was learning to play guitar, yeah. and I was playing harmonica at a pretty <laughs> young age, and I was um, enraptured by all of that. I just thought, you know, mm-hmm. I really want to get better so I can go to Nashville, and this is what I want to do. And so there never really was a time, even at the young age of like six, when I first got up in front of an audio, a big live audience and sort of tugged on the lead guitar player's arm and said, hey, mister, can I sing with you? Oh, well. um, from that pretty much moment on, I think that was the like key moment where I you know, got that applause, and I, I just – and my mom had – there was no solicitation on my mom's part. She wasn't stage momming me or anything. She was in mm-hmm. the back of the – and had no idea that I was even going to go up there and do that. And the next thing <laughs> she knows, she turns around and oh, wow. her daughter's on stage. Wow. And so, I don't know. I, I think that there were different levels of taking it seriously, mm-hmm. but um, it was really like a big commitment for us to – get plane tickets and come to Nashville and, and record our first, my first demo at wow. 13. Um, then I started coming back and forth uh, when I could, I would work my you know tail off and uh, besides going to school um, for, you know, a couple, two or three jobs. 
so that I could, including breaking horses for my parents and so forth, so that I could get back to Nashville again and continue networking. And and so for me, it has always been on the forefront of my mind Mm -hmm. to get to a, you know, a professional level and to, and to stay there. And, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I don't know if there was like a, a, you know, any, Milestone moment, but it I sounds I'd probably like the have milestone say, was when you visited Nashville. When that I was six, like <laughs> when I was six, <laughs> and walked up and said, "Oh yes, this is it." And then and then <laughs> and then coming to Nashville at thirteen was definitely like, "Okay, I'm ready to move here." And my mom <laughs> said, "You know, hold, hold on there, little one. We're gonna let you get through school at least, and then we'll talk about it." So yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> As you know, when when people see artists, that they see you know they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, a Miranda, a Carey, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not just to get at that level, but to get at any level within music. And I always like to talk about that because I think it's not talked about enough. Nobody talks about this side of it. We do because <laughs> I want I want the world to know the toughness that it takes to grow in this type of business. I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that <laughs> point, they were full-time with music. And I remember asking Allison, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And I'll never mm-hmm. forget the words that she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything else, if you can see yourself doing anything else outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, the moment you want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of you from that point on. She goes, your friends and relatives never understand. They, 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 they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to holidays, to weekends. But you're, and you you're grinding. You, you can't mm-hmm. go. They think, oh, it's my wedding. But they don't realize it's not you that is at that gig. You've got 50 people expecting you to be right. at that gig. You, you can't just cancel. So, so then sometimes you lose friendships over that because that's their big day. It's also your big day. Um, then, of course, on top of that, your family has to sacrifice. It's not just about you. It's about your whole family. They have to be on board. Then, uh, and then if that wasn't enough, she said um, that there's days that you just feel miserable, that you might, have, you might have a form of the flu. Of course, this would be before COVID, but, you know. Sure, sure. But you might have a form of the good. flu, or, or you're just not feeling good, or you're depressed, or yeah. just anything. But you've got to sure. smile on that stage that night and just like there's no tomorrow. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything outside of music, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. Well, I think she makes some really um, uh, legitimate and logical points. And, um, and, you know, and and I've I've had a a little bit of a different experience in, uh, and I think we all, Mm -hmm. you know, we all, uh, you know, have the same, um, desire to get there, but we all go, it's kind of like this COVID thing, you know, yeah. same storm, but a different boat. For some people, this yeah. has been a vacation with their families and they've been able <laughs> to be able to kind of, you know, re- kind of, um, kind of hang through it and, and, and really not, it's, it's, it's not affecting them in their pocketbook as much. It's not affecting them, um, you know, in their stress levels or, or depression levels or as much. Um, for others, there are people that I know that 
I, you know, have come to find out we're going through this all by themselves. Didn't even have a, you know, a dog or a kitty cat in the house to to keep them comfortable and and keep them, Mm -hmm. you know, keep them company. And so let me answer your question, though. Um, My point is, is that I think going, it was going to be an analogy as to how, you know, we go about our, um, the tough times and getting to where we get, where we want to go in music and the sacrifices that we choose to make. For me, um, I'll say this, and this kind of goes along with what you, which, uh, what she mentioned, which was, yeah. um, for me, I couldn't not do music. There's just no, <laughs> there's just yeah. no question. Right. And and right now, I can tell you honestly, you know, even with this year being what it is, and us all having to put the brakes on, um, some just literally, um, it is, it, it's still without beyond a shadow of a doubt is something I can't not do. Music yeah. is my life. I'm not going to turn around and, and as much as I admire our nurses or our teachers or our, um, you know, I can think of a, a bankers and, and, and policemen and so forth. I'm not going to turn around and go be an accountant tomorrow. It's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. This yeah. is what I do. <laughs> and so for, for, I think for a lot of us, you have that, um, you have to have that kind of very deep devotion and mm-hmm. drive. Th- those two things are in, in, imperative. You have to have the drive. Yeah. Because the drive mm-hmm. is the thing that's going to get you through those days when you don't feel good. The, the drive mm-hmm. is going to get you through those things when uh, you're not really playing maybe the the best gig in the world. It's not one of your, yeah. you know, highlight gigs, but you got to get through it and, and make it feel to those people that are there just like it's you're standing in front of 30,000, 40,000 people. And I always have had that mentality to where um, – I've played the biggest stages in the world and I've played mm-hmm. some of the smallest little tiny hockey tonks <laughs> and, you know, where there's three people in the bar and one of them drunk with his head on the table and <laughs> you're just going, what in the world? But, but for me, I think you cannot have a plan B. I yep. think if you really want this, if you really and, and I truly want it, you have to, Stay. It's like I mentioned earlier about those blinders. You, if you have a plan B, you know what you're going to do. You're going to fall back on it because yep, inevitably you're going to have hard times. Inevitably you're going to have ebbs and flows. Inevitably it just goes with our our business, and it's part of the. It's just part of it. Um, as far as the sacrifices, you know, I was lucky in that my family knew that I. You know, I moved. You know, all these thousands of miles away from an entirely different lifestyle. Um, an entire, all my friends were there. All my family was there. I'm the only one that moved way far away besides the sister going to, you know, right. a college and, and sort of, you know, those types of things. But I, I really, um, you know, you, it's hardcore. So there's a lot of lonesome times, a lot of times where you just – you really have to do question, you know, you, if you're the praying kind, you're down on your knees going, God, help me get through this and mm-hmm. help me, help me find the sunshine in the morning and, um, and, and the drive to, to, you know, the desire to get through each day with an, you know, with like, it's a brand new day and, mm-hmm. and that anything is possible. And you have to kind of keep that dreamer, like anything is possible yep. kind of mentality at any level. It does not matter um, how big you get, um, you know, you, yep. you can, you can ask, I've, you know, I toured with 
some huge, huge acts. And, and we've had conversations about these types of things. Like, you know, Blake, you brought up Blake, Blake and I have been friends for a long time and we were both on Warner Brothers together and, He's mm-hmm. just a good old boy and, and just, you know, <laughs> really no different now than he's ever been, which is what another yeah. thing I love about him. But, you know, he'd be the first one to tell you that, um, yeah, okay, so it's it, because of the voice and, and a different platform, it makes it a lot easier to get to and from Oklahoma or Nashville and out, and out mm-hmm. in L.A. You know, he hops on a private jet that makes it up so that when your pocketbook is a little lighter or, you know, a little heavier, I should say, it makes, yeah. you know, you've got a little more freedom mm-hmm. to do, um, to get to and from a little easier and so forth. But the ebbs and flows of music are still there. It does Just because yeah. you put a song out um, to radio on blah, da, da, day does not mean, and you are, you know, this artist that everybody knows, does def- definitely does not mean that it's going to catch on fire. Not, it's mm-hmm. just, we all have our ebbs and flows and, People like Ronnie Dunn and 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 um, uh, so many different people have have mm-hmm. sat down with me and said, "Hey, enjoy <laughs> the hits and enjoy the big tours and enjoy the ride uh-huh. and don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't ever stop. You know, don't give up. But just know that we all only stay on top for so long. And then the question is, is you know, and and that's where I think I've learned so much is I've learned so much from the the times where you're not at the top of the charts. And yeah. you're learning something yeah. new, like I, this new record that I'm putting out is is a little bit more Americana than it is a straight yeah. country record, because I wanted to delve into some other inspirations and, and influences musically. So my point in that is that I had to be willing to, I, I had to sit down with <laughs> and say, self, <laughs> are you willing to kind of go back to square one and you know, almost to some, you're not going to, people will not know who you are, or there's going to be some of these radio guys that, that are not interested in the fact that you um, have had lots of success in country music and, and you've been on the biggest of stages and, and this and that and the other. They don't know about your mm-hmm. awards or your, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And they don't care. Are you willing yeah. to go back? And the answer was inevitably yes, because I wow. want to. I want longevity in my career. I want Emmy mm-hmm. Lou Harris. I mm-hmm. want to stay with it, and evolve and grow and let the music grow with me. And so, mm-hmm. yes, you do miss out on a lot. But fortunately, I think this is how I look at it. And I'll, this is this is a short answer. If you that I should have probably given you right <laughs> off the top. <laughs> if you if the friends if you lose friends along the way. The way I the way I I my journey has gone. I've had a few folks where the path sort of has veered, and you know mm-hmm. some friend you know the old saying, you're meant to they're meant to be in your lives for a lifetime season or a, a reason yeah, a lifetime exactly. or season. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know I'll tell you I think that the people that if they were truly your friends in the first place. They stick with you and support you just yep. like you do them, even if it means it's a text or a quick phone call. It it means that you are, um, you know, you can pick it up two years down the road and you can be just as close and you pick it right yep. up. I've got a group of girlfriends back home that we don't see each other very often at all, but we are still very, very dear friends and devoted to one <laughs> another. And they know yep. that if they needed me, I'd be there mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yep. And 
and then I have the same thing here in Nashville, and I think that's imperative. So um, my fiancé, Matt, has a great saying, the people that matter are the people that matter. Yeah. And, and ultimately that means the ones that show up for you and you show up for. Um, now that means, you know, they understand that you can't make their wedding or that you can't make the, this or yeah. this family reunion or this class reunion or whatever because it's just part of the job. It's just part yeah. of the job, and they understand that. So, I, you know, if, if you've got friends that don't get it and they write you off, then they probably weren't your, your friends in the first place. I love that answer. Now that we talked about the sacrifice, and I think we hit it pretty hard, which I like. And, again, I, you know, nobody talks oh, about that. Oh, there's a lot. Side. <laughs> oh, I know. And, and, but nobody talks about it, and I, and I wanted to make sure that on every show we t- at least hit it somewhat so that people can know – the, re- the, the realness behind each of these artists that are trying to grow. Right. Um, but now let's talk about the other side, the side that everybody loves to talk about. What are some moments where you look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that? Or that happened. You know? Oh, yeah, gosh. Some, some kind of pinch me moments. Yeah. You know, y'all, yeah. there are so mm-hmm. many. There are so many that it's really hard. To, I mean, <laughs> I, um, I, I just feel, you know, really First of all, just blessed every day to get to do what I love to do, and and there yeah. are so many That's people, important. especially a year like this, has um, has reminded us all: Do you really love your job that much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you kind of almost <laughs> have to, you know. It's I feel so blessed as every single day I've got I've been able to go through that day doing and focusing on what I love to do. And when, even if it's been a bad day and you've gotten some bad news and it's been a tough one, it's still a better day for me than any day doing anything else. Yeah. So that's the number one thing. And um, as far yeah. as, um, I don't know, y'all recording with Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings uh, well, on my first record with Trick Pony, uh-huh. that was a milestone moment. Winning our first award, which was um, a multi-genre award, so you've got, you know, everybody from Snoop Dogg to Blake Shelton, who's in the same category with you, to, to um, you know, gosh, you know, you name it, they're all there, and they're sitting there watching and, and winning that first award at the American Music Awards and, and any award after that, it's because you really, mm. that is not, the accolades is not what you... I do not think, anyways, um, is what should ever drive you. And if it does, yeah. then you might need to rethink your motivation. Yeah, it but it will it never lasts, exactly. <clears throat> it's a kind of – we live in a, a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of business. And people mm-hmm. – um, mm-hmm. you can be the hottest thing on the planet, and then if people don't hear you on the radio for a couple of years, they just think, oh, my gosh, you know, I'll go home and, and see some – uh, distant family, and they'll go. Well, how do? What are you doing these days? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> y- y'all, bless you, hearts. You just don't get it, and, and that's okay. I understand that they don't, but they don't understand that we're, we're. This is what we do, and that just because you know everybody that I can think of from, you know, the, the, I just mentioned Amy Lou or Dolly or you know, John Hyatt or, or Prine or you name it. There's so many great artists. They're going to go through periods where they're making a record or they're taking mm-hmm. some time down. Um, it could be any given reason. So I think that those milestone moments are kind of what get you through and, and just yeah, really exactly. the, the, the amount of people I've gotten to play for, walking out and seeing literally 
a sea of people that you can't even, it looks like the horizon, that mm-hmm. those are milestone moments. And they're all screaming every word of, of your your songs, not just song, but songs. And, mm-hmm. and you know, getting to meet and hang out with and, and ask questions and, and be, befriend people that were literally your heroes um, growing up. And then there you are sitting, you know, in their vacation home, and and they've invited you there to just just to come spend some time because they like you, and yeah. and and you become um, dear friends, and you're able to learn from them and and hang with them, and really get they're just real people. They put their pants on the yeah. same way you do, and so I think those are big milestone kind of pinch me moments, and I think also I writing um, writing certain songs <laughs> that end up being mm-hmm. uh, something that is. Uh, maybe somebody's soundtrack to their life. Um, that yeah, is a wow. really, really cool mm-hmm. feeling to yeah. have, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people tell you that, you know, Johnny and June is my, you know, inspiration in my love life. And, you know, it's like, gosh, or Johnny and June was my wedding song or poor me is the song <laughs> I got divorced to, but then I I found the love of my life and, and I'm celebrating and, you know, and it's, it's it's just interesting and really a special thing to be involved in people's lives all over the world and in all walks of life just by writing a certain piece of music that touched them. And, and you know, speaking of Johnny and June, not necessarily the song, but, but them personally, their story really intrigues us because I went through 19 years of addictions. And the first oh, wow. five years of my marriage with Sandy – was with it was deep in those addictions, and oh, um, so y'all have been through some things. Yeah, yeah, and oh yeah, oh, and, yes. until God healed me like almost thirteen years ago, and That's and you know wonderful. Sandy, she okay. went through really hecked life that first five years because, yeah, but she, you know what? Through the mess, through the mess, she mm-hmm. never nagged me. She never put me down. She was my little angel. She loved me in spite of the addiction. She loved me through the right. addictions. And, and many times people will true. tell, yep, exactly. And many times people will tell us, oh, um, she let you walk over her. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what she did. She allowed me right. to experience God's pure love through her. And if it right. weren't for that, God brought her in my life to heal me. I really believe that. And um, if it weren't for that, I would not be alive. And so when I hear Johnny and June's um, story, I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. Because that's, that's what June was It's very to similar to yours. Yeah. 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 And so it always intrigued I, me. Yeah. It's, it's very intriguing. And, and, you know, I think the key to, um, to what it sounds like you both have and – the dedication to one another, despite, um, you know, the dark times and the flaws, none of us are perfect. Everybody's got issues that are going to come to the surface or demons that are going to come to the surface at some point. Um, you know, and we, and I think, you know, that is a part of the journey is, is learning, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, figuring those things out and realizing that you're not in control and yep. that, that um you know giving that over and that there is a higher power that is mm-hmm. is in control and and that, Amen. you know what you're the course you're on is not serving you um is not serving you or your loved ones uh best and and so you you know the greatest thing in the world is free will and the fact that we can change um and that we can grow and so i kind of look at you know um 
I've been in a, in a band where addiction was a, a really <clears throat> big issue for, for mm-hmm. us, and we were together for 10 mm-hmm. years. So as, a ma- yeah. as you can imagine, being on the road with all the oh, yeah. highs and lows and, the, and you're yep. going up and down the road in a, in a 40-foot tin can, basically, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really close quarters to be with yeah. when you're going through some of those mm-hmm. issues and uh, some really mm-hmm. dark times and, um, you know, pe- people not really being themselves or not being really authentic because yeah. they're in the middle of, of the throes of something else um, mm-hmm. and, and trying to help them through it as best they can, as best you can, but also not enable them in the meantime. Yeah, and, exactly. and it's a really, Absolutely. really ta- hard um, sort of wire to, 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 to cross, so to speak. It's, 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 you know, it's like, you know, with no safety net, but it sounds to me like y'all have a very similar um, journey to, to Johnny and June. And I think the key to that is that they were friends. Yep. Absolutely. They were friends. Yeah, she's my best friend. Exactly. Oh, I think, you know, when, you, when you're looking for that fairy tale thing, and you think that everything is supposed to be perfect all the time, well, you're going to get disappointed because it's just not. It's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're going to get tested. Mm-hmm. You're going to get mm-hmm. tested. So, uh, you know, my uh, fiancé, I, I know he wouldn't mind me saying this, is he's a sober guy. And mm-hmm. um, his journey, learning about his journey and us having really deep conversations about it has really mm-hmm. – is been a big help in helping me understand even my past journey and, and things I want to, you know, do going forward or maybe something I want to change going forward. And I think that takes a deep, deep friendship um, because you're going to fall back on, you're going to have to have that, that bond that goes beyond just being in love with each other. Um, You're going to have to have that bond. And because the bond of friendship is, I mean, I don't know, you know, if it's true and if it's real, when you add love to it, it, it's a it's a really tough bond to break. I mean, yep, so good for you for, for having the strength to get through it, Sandy, and good for you, Chris, for recognizing it and and uh, for hanging in there with each other because a lot of people are not able to do that. And Johnny and June definitely had their um, their dark times uh, throughout their romance uh, as well as mm-hmm. their friendship, their earlier on friendship, and you know. Yep. Hence why, you know, she was just absolutely certain she was not going to marry that man. She was just not going <laughs> to take that leap of faith. And um, and then, uh, you know, eventually she, she gave in, and we're all so grateful that she did. But that did not yep. necessarily mean that they still didn't continue to go through some yeah. dark times. And, um, you right. know, but they did it together, and they did it with as, as friends, and they did it also leaning on the Lord. Yep, and I love what That's you said so earlier about what you and your fiance are doing, learning about each other's past. And I, you know, we're writing a book called Broken Together, and it's about people coming oh, wow. together, marrying that are broken. And everybody's broken just at different levels. Sure. And oh, yeah. one of the things that I try to teach people, I don't care whether they're engaged, whether they're boyfriend, girlfriend, whether they're husband and wife, your past matters, and everybody communicates based on their past experiences. So I always recommend that people need to dig into each other's past. Find out the good, the bad, the ugly of both people's oh, past. Oh, yes. Because if you I, can do I that, agree more. it will build not only that bond, but it will also help you understand why you shouldn't press some buttons. Oh, absolutely. I mean, human behavior is 
it's very complicated, and in some ways, it's very simple. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, in some ways, it's very, very simple. Okay, so what you're saying is, x, you know, x um, times y equals. This is what you actually are asking for or need from me, you know. And it can sometimes be a very simple, um, you know, solution. And sometimes mm-hmm. you got to dig a little deeper and get down into the mud together and. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I have, Matt and I both have been divorced and it was one of the most difficult things. I've lost my parents at an early year and, you know, they left this, this earth before their time and, um, both Mm -hmm. from very difficult diseases and, and I don't, you know, our, our family is very close, but we, uh, we changed our, a lot of our traditions had to change because all of our elders kind of really yeah. left us in a very short period of time to get, you know, about a four year span. We lost all grandparents and parents and you name it. And it was, um, it's, it's very interesting when it's the dichotomy that takes place in a family, when that happens, much less us as a couple. Um, and so when I went through my divorce, I, I have to tell you, I'm a, I'm not a depressive person. It's not in my, sort of makeup, I'm usually yeah. a very, very optimistic person and can somehow find the sunshiny yeah. um, parts of just about the worst stuff ever. But that was, I have to say, was really a time that I was flat out depressed for a couple of years. And the only thing, um, I pushed a lot of friends away because I isolated a lot. And I, I think we do that a lot when we've got, um, you know, certainly that's a big issue with drug and alcohol uh, abuse is, you know, you, you push people away and, um, and, 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 you know, you, you kind of go within a lot of folks do. Um, For, for me, I pushed people away and then I had responsibilities. I was really heavy on the road working, um, you know, my tour dates and I was on my own. I, this was after trick long after trick pony and I had a busy schedule and, you know, mm-hmm. it was actually music that was the one guiding light for me, wow. besides God, of course. But yeah. he was sort mm-hmm. of involved in all that, and he gave me music so that I could, um, I could begrudgingly, and now I admit, at the time, pack my bags and make sure that I had all my gear that I needed, and load my truck yeah. up and go to bus call, and I would get around my band, and I would, you know go to, you know and it was a happy it would lift my spirits and then you know getting yeah. out on that stage and and getting to sing your songs for an audience a, a, a an excited audience that is mm-hmm. such a gift and such a, a wonderful way to lift one's spirits that yeah. if you can't get happy in those moments then you know really if something's wrong so I I was able to have those lighter moments and those were my kind of um you know gave me a little bit more grace to get through things love that we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to play your song wait for it i was i have four songs uploaded and i was deciding what song (laughs) should i play and as the story went i'm like you know what wait for it makes sense yes it means more now than it did when we cut it a year ago or so but yeah i told i told brian to send my manager to he said well they've got blues in my business and i told him last night i said do me a favor and just send them the whole record and let them pick what they want yep and and he did so i'm glad 
So, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll play that, and we'll t- talk yeah. about it. How, so hang on the line. That sounds great. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over. Slow down, adjust, unwind Have a little faith in it 
love that song. Oh, yes, oh. beautiful song. Love it. And, Thanks, y'all. And, I appreciate that. And like I said beforehand, I had no idea which song I was going to pick, even up to that point. As you know, I had four <laughs> songs that I uploaded into my system. And based on the conversation we had, I was like, you know what? This is the song. This is the one we have to play. <laughs> it, it's, you know, that song has, uh, is probably of all, I've never recorded an album like this in, in mm-hmm. all my career um, in that I uh, had a hand in writing 12 of the 14 songs. It's a big record. It's, 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 there's a lot of music on this record. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to do was kind of make it almost sound like um, – 70s radio where you never really knew what you were going to hear next if it was going to be Johnny Cash and then turn around and be the Eagles or so I wanted (laughs) Mm -hmm. to to be able to pull on on um, where no song was the same and I could Mm -hmm. delve deep into um, my influences and so I could I've always been a big blues fan um, mm-hmm. uh, a real authentic, you know, Delta in, in Chicago and, and different types of blues, um, some rock blues. It just really depends. Always been a fan of that. I've always been a fan of, of singer-songwriter stuff and, of course, real traditional country music and um, mm-hmm. and soul and, you know, stuff like Etta James and, and uh, some of those, you know, early um, w- women that, that, you know, the Bonnie rates of the world and so forth. And mm-hmm. so I was able to pull, um, I sat down with my good friend, uh, Jim Moose Brown, um, who is a very well-known uh, session musician here in Nashville, but he also is the band leader for Bob Seger in the silver. He's a, he's the band leader for the silver bullet band. And he's a guy who um, like me, he's very like-minded in that he, really respects traditional country. He respects the authenticity. Mm-hmm. He respects um, the uh, instrumentation. He's not interested in laying down a, uh, making a record that has, that just sounds like everybody else. And, you know, yeah. it's, there's a lot of that going around and has for quite a, you know, for a good bit of time in country radio mm-hmm. where, it's a lot of the same subject matter. It's a lot of the same beats and a lot of the same um, melodies and uh, uh, certain things sound kind of polished and canned. And we wanted to make a record. I just said, I, I really, you know, want to surround ourselves. Let, you know, will you co-produce this with me? And he said, let's do it. And, you know, Jim no. Moose, as everybody knows him, he's w- well known for mm-hmm. producing like Jamie, Jamie Johnson's In Color. And, um, oh, yes. you know, Daryl Worley, Have You Forgotten? Lots of really great records. Mm-hmm. But, um, but just re- his big thing is whatever it is that you're delving into, if it's, if it's more of a um, Neil Youngy kind of like let, just let's go with the flow kind of moment or if it's something that we need to arrange and we know ex- exactly what we're doing, he kind of is somebody that, can go with the flow and if mm-hmm. it's got a muscle shoalsy kind of feel to it, or if it's just a bone country Bakersfield, you know, twang thing. So wait for it is probably the most current country song on that whole record actually. And oh, wow. yet it <laughs> still sounds very much in the moment. Yep, exactly. And, and now does. one thing I like mm-hmm. to do on our show that I don't think gets enough love out there is, as you know, you know, people see the artists, you know, they but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers, managers, none of that, and they don't get enough love, in my honest opinion. 
I so agree. I, like I to, agree because so it takes I, a team. Yeah. Yep. So I always like to give the mm-hmm. artists a chance to just talk about their team. So tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are. Well, that's really – this might be the first interview I've done where that, that question was asked. Um, oh, wow. I, uh, first of all, I would mention Moose because he's, he was such an integral part of this, this record and, and the making of it. Um, my, um, my fiancé, Matt King, is also a producer and an artist and a great picker himself and a great writer. So we were able to do a lot of my vocals and even um, any – I tried to do most of the harmonica stuff literally in on the cutting room floor in the moment, but some of it I had to overdub. And so I was able to do some of that here, um, some of the guests and collaborations. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful to Matt because he was – he engineered that and uh, he sang on the record. He co-wrote a couple things with me um, on the record. Uh, and so he was a, a really soulful part of, of, um, of the glue of this. And, um, and then, you know, uh, I was, I, I, this is the very first record I've done ever in my career without a major label. I did it as an indie artist on my own. And oh, wow. so there were a couple of folks that, um, were you know dear folks from back home that have always believed in me and they uh, put their put a little bit of money into this thing and helped me. I, it was largely my investment, but they they threw in as well and helped you know helped me um, kind of pad the budget because it's it's very expensive to make a record um, even if yep. you're you're not doing everything you know high high end it's still very very expensive. Um, my manager, Brian Smith, is probably one of the dearest people. He's a very dear friend of both Matt's and myself. We go way back with him. And he's just a man of integrity. He's a kind person. Yeah. He understands a lot of the different um, – uh, he understands distribution, and uh, he came from that that um, background. Oh, wow. um, but he's just a lovely, loving guy, and he represents – his artists are all very different. He's got a bluegrass group. He's got – John Barry, who we all know, love, and adore, and he's got, you know, and John Cowan, who's with the Doobie Brothers now, but was, of course, most most famous probably with um, uh, with Newgrass Revival, and he's got, you know, uh, these different artists that are very varied so that nobody is in competition with each other, and he can bring a lot to the table um, for each of us, but, but nobody's vying for the same position exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, my publicists um, are out in California, in Santa Monica, and um, uh, Carrie Marks and Brian O'Neill at Conqueroo, and they've really helped yeah. me uh, quite a lot in the beginning stages, particularly mm-hmm. getting, you know, getting people to, I've really put this record out to to some big critical acclaim that I've always wanted back when I was with Chick Pony. Um, we got some other, you know, publications, but there were some that I always were sort of coveted that I always wanted to get into. And I was able to do that with this record that was really special to me. Um, So now, you know, because it's more of an Americana record, we really hope that it will catch on uh, at radio. And then maybe even my country music um, friends and over, over all the years that I've done this, that, that the cool factor will pick up and, and then a couple of these yeah. songs might pick up like the one you just played. And um, so, yeah. And that, Oh, my radio guy, Al Moss um, yeah. is he's, he's the head of my radio promotion and he's just the coolest, most 
like he just loves music and he loves what he loves and he's really into this record and um and we've gotten to know each other over the course of the last two and a half years and um I just adore him as a person as much as anything and um mm-hmm. you know it it takes it takes a village it really does it's, yes, it I does. can't do this on my own um and then of course there's just you know your your friends and your your family that Call in yep. radio stations and um, those loyal mm-hmm. hardcore fans that have stayed with me from the very beginning in the early 2000s <laughs> yep. with Trick Pony, who have followed me my whole career, no matter what my musical endeavor. Those are the, I mean, you just, you literally can't survive without those people. They stay with you yep. no matter what. And they, you know, they, they just, you know, they they come out to the shows even you know, even though they can't come out this year, they'll be the first one in lines when I come, you know, <laughs> to anywhere near them, uh, you know, throughout the country. And in this case, the world, um, yep. it's so, you know, I think those all your managers, your business managers, keeping things, keeping the book straight. Um, you know, I work with, uh, a company called, um, uh, Wiles and Taylor and in Nashville and they, uh, it's ironically, um, I took a break from working with them um, mm-hmm. in the middle, kind of the middle section of my career. And but I worked with them all throughout the Trick Pony stuff, and for a couple of years on my own. And now I'm back with them, and it works. It's so cool to see faces That's that I've awesome. worked with for all these years. So yeah, I'm, it's 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 that. really about people helping each other. Yep, and we oh, got absolutely a, it is. And we've got a third part co-host, you could say, our little eight-year-old. We always yeah, have him come do. on and ask one question. So Sandy's going to oh, go I out and get him. I'll go get him. And we've got an 18-month-old daughter. When she gets older, go, you know, we'll be plugging her in, too, because we are a family affair. Oh, that's wonderful. Make it a family affair. What's your boy's name? Christopher. Christopher. Well, there you go. That makes sense. Hands it down. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> but, yeah, yes. He loves this part and all that, and he, he gets. There's been a few times where he couldn't be on there, where the artist had to uh-huh. be a little early, um, and he gets upset. Right. But <laughs> we try to get him in. Well, we'll make sure he's on this then. <laughs> and how old did you say he is? He's eight. He's eight. So um, I have a question for you. While she's grabbing, while she's getting him, um, is Christopher? Are you guys doing school from um, doing the online? School, he's always been homeschooled. He he's always been homeschooled. Okay, very cool. Lots of, I've got you know, lots of family and friends who have done you that. You know what's funny about that? This is, is Sandy and I have been a 24-7 couple since the day we married, almost 18 years ago. <laughs> and he's always so been homeschooled. So you're perfect to quarantine together. <laughs> so all this, all we're doing is, all ever, all the world is doing is seeing how we live. That's right. Uh, that's true. You haven't really we changed were much up at all. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got Christopher here. He's ready with his question. Hey, um, Christopher. Hi, hi. He wants a favorite food. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. That, gosh, Christopher, I, oh, what's my favorite food? <laughs> okay, I got to tell you. So uh, my favorite food is, it. it goes back and forth between, I mean, I absolutely love a good steak and your autumn, your old fashioned all American like steak potatoes and, you know, a good salad. Like, you know, just, just, uh, I like a, a medium rare 
big old, you know, thick, juicy steak. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about that. But I also, and this makes no sense, is on the other end of the spectrum, I love sushi and I <laughs> love Thai food. So I love that kind of, of food as well. And we kind of once a week we'll try to have some sushi. Um, gosh, yeah, I mean, it's hard. I love, I love to cook, so I'm, I love Italian food. Um, my thighs and my my my, you know, the the you know, how do I say this in a PC way? Uh, <laughs> the Italian food, Italian food is not nice to your waistline. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so we try really hard to eat pretty, you know, pretty healthy. And if we have a couple of bad days where we we order pizza or we you know <laughs> order out and get something that's you know me- oh oh I have to mention Mexican food. Because we are nuts in this house for some good, authentic Mexican food. So, how's that for a well-rounded answer? <laughs> and what's awesome. yours, little Chris? Pizza. Pizza. You're nice and simple. Pizza. You know, you can't go wrong with pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's right. Bye, That's right. Thanks. And it's easy. And it's easily. You're welcome. Thank you for the question. <clears throat> you're welcome. That's, that's adorable, y'all. By the way. Well, thank you. Oh, we got a couple more questions, you. and I'm trying to go through my yes. list. And it's like, you know, we went a little longer than I normally do, but I'll go a couple more questions, and then we'll get out, let you get out of here. If okay. you could, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Uh wow. Um, off the top of my head, right now, Guy Clark. Oh well. And oh, yeah. with Guy Clark, I'd, I'd, I'd say, what did I want to write about? Whatever Guy Clark wanted to write about. It wouldn't matter whether it was, whether it was right, you know, mm-hmm. homegrown tomatoes or whether it was uh, love lost or whether it was, uh, you know, another one would be John Prime too. If I could have him yeah, back, I would, I would have really oh, loved to have sat down with John and written uh, a song or two um, or, uh, Gosh, um, yeah, I, there's so many guys. I, I, I mean, I that's a really long list of people. <laughs> Hard just to off choose. the top of my head, those would be two. Yeah. Now, All what right. you know, this there's probably a thousand answers to this one, but just think of the first thing that pops in your head. What is a song that you've heard that you wish you wrote? I can't make you love me. Oh wow! Oh, um, that's a beautiful song. Love that that. Mike Reed and I can't. This is terrible, but I can't remember who co-wrote. Uh, I can't make you love me. Um, with Mike Reed, but uh, yeah, I can't make you love me. Is just one of those songs that from the moment I ever heard it, just I went, oh gosh, I wish I'd have written that. Um, and there and there again, there are so many guys that I mm-hmm. I just go, wow, why <laughs> why couldn't. Why couldn't I have written yeah. that? I, you know, yeah. there's, you know, like a song that that speaking of Moose Brown, my co-producer, he wrote, uh, he co-wrote Five O'clock Somewhere, and mm. I remember wow. the first time hearing that, and I said, I told him, <laughs> I said, Moose, you've just written like um, America's anthem, much less the world's <laughs> anthem. And I said, yeah. I said, you know, my oh, gosh, yeah. I said, why didn't why didn't I think of that? Why wasn't I there in the room when that wow. happened? And he laughed. He's like, you know, because it's just it that it's not a rocket science kind of idea, but yet no one yeah. had 
no one had had knocked it out of the park <laughs> and he did and uh i yeah that's another one that's just one of those simple songs that you go wow i i i wish i had a thought of that you know there's a so, lot of so, them though there's a whole lot of them so we'll end on this mm-hmm. question on advice type thing Let's say you had a friend of yours that you heard him or her sing, and there's something special. There's, they definitely have something. And they've played sure. maybe 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet professionally. Now, this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. And, but they've gotten on stage, and they've got what every artist says, that stage bug where they're looking over the crowd. The crowd's roaring for them, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Heidi, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice mm-hmm. would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Well, um, the first thing I would tell them is kind of what I mentioned to you in the, in, uh, the earlier part of our interview, which is um, stay the course. No matter what comes up and knocks you off your, off your path, no matter mm-hmm. – uh, stay mm-hmm. the course and, and don't let anybody – don't let any know – stop you from all the yeses that you're going to get down the road because um, you're going to get lots of no's. And, and, and if you don't get no's, something's wrong. Like all the good, yep. everybody that's ever turned out to be anything, we've all gotten lots of, of, of no's and, and been turned away uh, before mm-hmm. we got those yeses. So don't be deterred by the, um, by people's negativity or their judgments. Um, yep. Next thing I would say to them is, it kind of goes with that, and that's don't quit. Yep. It's really easy. This is a very easy business to get to get flustered, frustrated, um, beat up with, uh, taken, you know, to take you, you can be brought down to the levels of where you just don't even know what your self worth. You know, why did I start this? Um, mm-hmm. You cannot quit. You have to stay the course. You have to keep going. And then the most important um, advice I would give them after all of that is surround yourself with good, honest people. Do not just go for somebody with a big, heavy pocketbook that's trying to put a bunch of money into you. Don't just jump on the first bandwagon that jumps in as far as record labels go. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you are um, uh, own as much real estate of your own real estate as you possibly can. Um, and and that rolls into keeping your own creative control. If you know who you are as an artist, which is half the battle, that's, yep. you know, it's, it's funny how when you get a record deal and you start to get a little bit of success, the more people like to put their fingers in the pie and tell you, all <laughs> how, to, you, know, tell you how to do it. And yep. you have to mm-hmm. know who you are as an artist and learn to be able to be kind and humble, but know who you are and so that you can you can speak your truth and mm. i think the i think your audience is the audience there are audiences out there who are just jonesing to hear the truth whatever that is mm-hmm. it could be something simple yep. it could be something you know dark and mean but yeah i'd say surround yourself with good honest people that aren't going to take from you um any more than what they are deserved and um and it, 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 that really speaks volumes because you're really no better than your weakest link in your team. Yep. Love that. Yep. Now, now if you want to tell everybody how they can um, reach you on social media and all that. Absolutely. I'd be glad to. Um, simply people can, first of all, I've got um, 
just put the the Barfly Sessions, the new album is. Uh, I, I'm working on vinyl because there's a really big uproar uprise oh, wow. in vinyl. Um, so we're working on vinyl, but currently I have. Um, there's still a lot of people out there who love CDs and they still like to put mm-hmm. them in their cars if they have uh, mm-hmm. a vehicle that was still still has a CD player <laughs> in it. Um, yep. And it's shockingly so. So I um, I have CDs and a lot of really cool merch, as well as where I'm going to be in the future, um, all kinds of interesting things ab- uh, about um, who I am and what 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 I'm all about, as well as the record, the current record, um, and different videos and so forth on HeidiNewfield.com. So they can get on my website and kind of check that out. And um, <laughs> that's always a good kind of place to piv- pivot from. And then they yep. can. I'm on uh, Facebook uh, at Heidi Newfield. Um, I am on uh, Instagram at Heidi Newfield, and I am on Twitter at Heidi Newfield. And I'm told that right now Johnny and June is like viral on TikTok. I don't know, but oh, wow. apparently it is. <laughs> oh, so wow. I guess awesome. they can find me there too. So <laughs> if that song yes. speaks to you, get on TikTok and put it on there. But it's um yeah I, I'm on all those and I'm do, always doing um I'm very active and very involved with all with everything I might go as long as maybe two days where I just take take a break because for my own sanity I've got to just sort of yeah. get up you know put my phone down yeah but yeah. um but I try to stay very very um I'm, I may go a day where I post two or three things and I always keep everybody up to par on when I'm doing live streams when they can come see me play live. Um, and it's, uh, we've really gotten that down to where we're having a lot of fun with that. So, um, I welcome everybody to come, uh, see a Sunday night, six o'clock and uh, central time, uh, live show. Um, we call it live from the hideaway and they can find that on, um, and also on YouTube. I forgot to mention my YouTube page as well. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed so I'm, having I'm you on today. <laughs> That's good. But we really enjoyed having yes. you on today, and we, oh, we for did. sure look we forward it. to having you back down the road. Well, thank you so much, both of you. You're lovely, and, and I, I appreciate the interview and the questions, and I can tell you're you're both really good people, and <clears throat> good luck with you and your family, and please stay safe and healthy through all of this, and <clears throat> I hope we get a chance to talk again down the road. Right. Sounds good. Oh, Thanks. that sounds great. We look forward to thank it. Thank you so much. Talk- Okay. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Oh, you too. Thanks.